hello and welcome to the Fit Minds podcast with coach Mariah Jean, where we talk about all things health and fitness, mindset, nutrition, mental health, bodybuilding, competitions, business, coaching, and beyond. Talking to and with everyday people, athletes, and coaches in the industry. Be sure to rate and subscribe to our podcast for future episodes. And subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow our Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok pages, Mariah Jean Fit. You can also check out our coaching website, coaching team, and client results at mariahjeanfit.com. Changing lives one day at a time with sustainable fitness and nutrition education. Let's dive right into today's episode. Okay, so you're starting a fitness journey or you already have started your fitness journey and you're wanting a few tips and pointers on where to start, what you need to start doing before you even dive into your training and your exercise, your nutrition. We get really excited for our goals and that's completely fine. But if we're starting every single Monday fresh over and over and over again, we might need to actually have a plan before we attack our fitness journey. So I'm going to give you guys some tips and pointers on how to do that step by step. So first of all, you need to start with a goal on what you're wanting to achieve. So you actually need to have a set goal or a series of goals towards your major focus on what you're wanting to achieve for your health and fitness. This can be really difficult to do, especially if you are exposing yourself to a lot of what everybody else is trying to achieve on the daily. And you might think that you want an aesthetic based goal or you might want to start a powerlifting um, journey. And, and, and Start doing powerlifting competitions, or you might want to do a comp prep, or you might just want to literally look and feel your best. And that doesn't necessarily always look like uh, having a, a certain weight in your mind. It doesn't always look like having a certain type of physique that somebody else has so that whole comparison game so having goals means that you you actually need to have these written down somewhere what are you wanting to achieve for yourself are you wanting to grow a little bit more muscle are you wanting to lose mostly just some body fat and maybe a little bit of muscle along the way gain a little bit of muscle are you wanting to improve your endurance and your fitness are you wanting to do a marathon are you wanting to get fitter to get into the police force are you wanting to do a powerlifting competition if you really want to do that but try and think about what you actually want because the biggest mistake i see with goal setting is that people are setting someone else's goal for themselves you know they are striving for something that isn't right for them and for everyday people it might literally just be i want to be able to run around with my kids or i might want to improve my relationship with food you can have a series of goals that make up your bigger goal. So whatever your big goal looks like, try and have a goal that is one major focus. Try not to have contradicting goals, okay? So I see a lot of this as well, where people will say, I want to improve my strength and I want to improve my, you know, my big lifts. I want to improve my bench, my squat, my deadlift and my performance. They're wanting to improve markers. They've actually got a measurable amount of data to go by when it comes to tracking their progress for their lifts and that's completely okay but let's say they say that but they would also like to compete in a show and you know they want to get to a particularly lean level of body fat 
And so sometimes we can have contradicting goals. And so those two goals, they can work together. Yes, absolutely. But there may be some point down the track where they don't necessarily go hand in hand. And that might be as the competition prep progresses. Even for everyday people as well, it might be that I want to lose weight is a common one that I hear. And I know that that is just a case of correcting the language to I want to lose some body fat. Weight is a really touchy topic, but weight isn't necessarily something that we need to focus a lot on unless you are in those obese and overweight ranges. And even then, those previous BMI markers are completely out of touch um, with the new way of training and obviously increases in muscle mass. And some people can actually record as being obese, but then be in lower body fat percentage ranges. So just be very careful not to follow goals that everybody else is following because you need to have your own set of goals and be quite specific about those. The next point would be who you need on your team as a support network, making sure you're surrounded by people who, once you've got your goals sorted, who want what you want for yourself. So I do see quite a lot as well. It's quite common where people will set a goal and it might be something like it might be a powerlifting competition or it might be a bodybuilding competition or it might just literally be I want to do a photo shoot in a couple of months time or it literally could be I want to feel comfortable in my skin again I've got a 20th um, high school reunion coming up and I'd like to look my best for that when you've got those goals you need to be surrounded by a network that supports those goals So it's very difficult if you're in a relationship or if your best friend is getting in your ear all the time, or it could be someone that you speak to at the gym, anybody in that direct vicinity or circle that seems to be quite negative about your goals and also doesn't seem to encourage you with your goals, let alone anything else in your life. Now, this could be a little bit of a game changer for you because it might mean that If this person has not supported you in the past with quite a few things, you kind of have two options in, well, three options. One is to distance yourselves from them. You can just keep them in your life, but just not as closely. Another one is to literally put them in the bin. (laughs) Um, It's really brutal, but you don't need to have these people in your life consistently over and over again. There are different people who will support you and who will give you that love and, and kindness and patience and who will actually cheer you on. And then the third option is to literally try and do what you're you're wanting to do and and achieve these goals without these supportive people and you're still keeping this person in your life. And it's much harder when you're trying to do that. So the way that I kind of balance things is that I will keep those people at arm's length. I obviously don't go to the effort to cut them out completely unless they're, you know, completely awful. But having a really good support network is is a big part of this process. So To me, I want to make sure my circle, my immediate circle are the people I want to associate with, that I feel like I get along with them and that they have have a like-minded kind of approach to life as I do. So we do have a choice as to who we surround ourselves with in our lives. And sometimes it might mean that you don't actually have to share absolutely everything that you're doing with every single person in your life as well. So be tactful as to who is in your support network. This might include a coach. So this might mean that you have a coach that you decided that you want to go to. You've been, you know, scoping the the coaching scene and you think that this person is a good fit for you or otherwise looking before you actually sign up for a coach. It's one really important part of this is that sometimes if you feel like you're going to go it alone and you can do it alone and you've done it before, by all means, try the journey alone. But a coach is fantastic because there's somebody who is invested in you wholeheartedly and in your goals 
okay, they should be invested in your goals with you. They should be supporting you. They should be giving you positive affirmation and positive feedback, a little bit of critical feedback as well, but not too much. And obviously then taking you down that path of where you're wanting to go and which direction you want to go in and how to execute that plan. So the next point I will touch on is that we need to make sure you get a full health checkup before you're engaging in any sort of fitness and nutrition journey. Common mistake I see is that people will dive into a health and fitness journey and they may not go through a pre-screen process with a coach or they may not even pre-screen themselves. So it means, okay, if I'm going to do this, I need to address everything that's in my whole scope, not just about my fitness, not just about the way I look and and the way I feel, but also my nutrition. What am I deficient in? You know, get to the GP, get your bloods done. There's nothing stopping you from getting a full health checkup. And sometimes I know that it's really frightening because some things you don't want to know. But if you don't know now, then you're probably going to find out somewhere in the future when it's a little bit too late. So it's really good to go and get that full checkup, get your full bloods done, get your blood pressure checked, get your um, all of your vitals, all the, all the stuff that we know that we kind of put off before you engage in a fitness journey so that you know what you're starting with and you know what you need to work on with regards to your nutrition and your fitness. The next one is really important. You need to figure out where you're going to exercise. Common mistake I see with training and starting out with your training is that a lot of people are absolutely scared shitless of going to the gym and I completely understand that. It's quite common, so don't think that you're the only one. It's in the top five worst fears in the world is going to the gym, just stepping foot into a gym. This is something that you absolutely can overcome with time. And obviously, if you have a very tight family schedule, it's probably not going to be suggested to train in a gym if it's, you know, your local gym is quite far away from you, or if you know that it's just not going to work properly for your routine. It might be in this case that you would need to do some home training and actually get some equipment so that you can be prepared for that. It'll be some basic dumbbells, resistance bands, And then work in with your coach on what you think would be appropriate to further your goals or even just for yourself. You know, if you are purchasing an online home training plan or something like that, just making sure that you have the equipment that you need so that you can train at home and then perhaps eventually progress into gym training. I do see quite a lot that a lot of female clients especially will train in a gym, but they'll go to the classes, the group classes, yes, because they're more comfortable doing that, but they don't have much room for progression from there. So it might mean that stepping out into that gym is a little bit frightening, but it might mean taking a friend with you, taking your partner, getting a PT, having someone who can guide you through the gym, and then ease your way into the gym equipment from there and get yourself familiar with different exercises and different movement patterns. Obviously, we all have to try something for the first time at some given point in time in our life. So when we started riding a bike, it was really frightening and now we can do it quite naturally. It's the same thing with going into a gym. Obviously, I'll do another video on being able to manage gym anxiety, but you need to establish where you're going to get exercise. It doesn't always have to be in a gym, but we know that resistance training is encouraged. It's something that you can do long term well into your 70s 80s 90s you can definitely engage in resistance training when you're when you're much older so there is longevity in this style of training and that's why it's probably not a bad thing to rip the band-aid off and give it a go now because i know that this will be something i'll be doing for the rest of my life it could be pilates it could be anything that just gets you active to start off with maybe you like team sports maybe you want to engage in a team sport just to get yourself 
active. That's the most important part. Where are you going to exercise? And figure that out and then know what your progression plan is from there. If you don't know where you should be exercising for your specific goals, get advice from an expert. Even if you know someone who is a trainer, maybe just ask them. There is nothing stopping you from reaching out to someone who you know that may have the skill set to give you the advice that you need, even if it's just something as simple as, hey, I've always wanted to try CrossFit and maybe have a chat to that professional about whether or not CrossFit is right for you. I'm not personally a person who enjoys doing CrossFit because of the high injury rate, but I do know a lot of people who really love the group training aspect and it's something that can bridge them into solo training eventually. So For me, I think CrossFit I can definitely justify in the beginning, but unless you're going to be an elite level CrossFit athlete, perhaps as time goes on, there may be no, no longevity for, for example, exercise and injury prevention. The next point is food, okay? So this is the elephant in the room and obviously a core part of this whole process. Without your nutrition, none of this is going to happen. Whether or not you think that it's important or not, it absolutely is. You cannot execute a fitness journey without nutrition. And I'll repeat that again. You cannot execute a fitness journey without nutrition. Nutrition is the fundamental basis of this entire process. Whether you're trying to achieve something for an aesthetic reason, a wellness reason, a performance reason, all goals that you're looking for health and fitness wise will be involving your nutrition because that has a direct effect on your health on your performance, on your general health and well-being as well, your mental health. So you are what you eat, that that age-old saying. Obviously, within reason, we're looking at just getting your nutrition in check. Big mistake, again, that I see when people start their fitness journey is that they go from zero to 100. They go from maybe eating KFC and Maccas for pretty much every second or third meal of the day and not not as much vegetables and fruit and veggies and, and water intake. They're not really they're quite neglectful of their of the nutrition. And then they go straight to eating nothing but salads and lean sources of protein and they don't actually have any of the fun stuff in there at all. Now we know this isn't sustainable and if you think that doing that will stop you from going back to the old lifestyle you're wrong. Obviously, we can encourage things like binge eating behavior and the the idea that you're being deprived from something, which can pretty much get you back at square one. So when when you want to address address your nutrition, you want to look at taking on nutrition changes that are going to be sustainable long term. So really try to hesitate from signing up for something that is quite quick and short, unless you really are very fresh and new to the whole cleaning up your diet a little bit concept and if you've never done this before my suggestion is that if you've literally never even thought twice about getting some support with your nutrition might be good to get a consult with a dietitian or a nutritionist and maybe get a meal plan if you've never done one before and then from there look at the progression signing up for constant eight-week challenges over and over again as exciting as that is and it can get you really motivated and driven for achieving your results there's no sustainable education in that which then leaves you in a position where you only know how to live and function in the old lifestyle that you had which is the polar opposite to these eight to ten week challenges and you're not taking any sort of education away from that 
to apply to your everyday life. So we want to look at the progression of your nutrition. Is this something that you can learn and sustain long term? I often hear from clients that they just want to get their exercise right and then they'll tackle their nutrition. I'm more in support of tackling your nutrition before you tackle your exercise because, as I mentioned, this is the literal fundamental foundations of starting your fitness journey. So there's no point in going out there and trying to burn off all your calories and all the food that you've been eating or that you're not quite sure of if your nutrition isn't down pat first. The biggest impact on especially fat loss results is going to be nutrition. You cannot out-train a bad diet. You cannot out-train excess calories. So don't avoid your nutrition, even though it's difficult, even though the topic is hard for you to approach, don't avoid it. You've been avoiding it for a reason, because you're scared that you're going to miss out on things that you enjoy. But you'd be surprised when you come on board for on quality uh, quality coaching with literally any decent coach in the industry that has some pretty good reviews and people who have worked with it, they can vouch for that, that you're actually not going to be deprived of those, some of those foods you enjoy. If you find that you are continuously being told, no, you can't have that, you can't have this, you probably need to get yourself a new coach and look at the broader scope of what suits your lifestyle better. There should be definitely room for flexibility and we always refer back to that 80-20 rule, especially when it comes to everyday people, general population, when we don't have a limited amount of time to achieve a goal. So the other point would be to figure out what your weaknesses are, okay? It's not a bad thing to write these down. We all have struggle points with our training and our nutrition, even with our mindset. It might be our organizational skills. Okay, you might have terrible organization and time management with your fitness. You might always be getting to the gym late. You might be procrastinating a lot. With your nutrition, it might be that you're not preparing meals beforehand and therefore you're constantly being left making last-minute choices. Whatever that is, though, it's really important for you to not just write down your goals and all the exciting things you're wanting to achieve, but write down the things that you know you need to work on to get there. If you tackle those head-on and take some responsibility it's actually a really wonderful way to be able to almost kind of like uh, tap away at those little weaknesses and points that, that you know that you've put off for so long. It doesn't mean that you attack yourself. There's a big difference between reflecting on your weaknesses and where you need to grow and change and beating yourself up for that. You can absolutely make mistakes as a human being. It's completely normal to do that. So if you take responsibility for them, It takes half the load off your shoulders. And as I said, you only have to take small chunks off to try and slowly find solutions for those troubles. One thing I hear a lot of is, I've always been like this. I've never been able to. These types of very drastic statements about behavior and habits are quite a disservice to most people. Obviously, there are people that have mental health struggles and you might have some particular idiosyncrasies and you might have a few things that are a little bit ingrained into your mind and that's totally okay but we still want to try and work on those we still want to try and little by little work on improving habits long term so that'll bring me to another point you want to focus on changing long-term habits by repetition and consistency short term so i often hear i don't see any changes yet i I don't know how long this is going to take. Am I doing this right? Etc. Etc. 
we get so tied up on the clock ticking by in the corner of the room that we forget that the consistency of applying the protocol or applying what we know works to the scenario is the thing that we need to focus on doing. So instead of focusing on what you see day in, day out, change-wise, look at the bigger picture and ticking those little boxes as the days go by towards that bigger picture. The more ticks, the better the result. And obviously we have to practice patience with ourselves. Hold yourself accountable, as I said, for your mistakes. Hold yourself responsible. Don't shy away from it. Stop avoiding the side of yourself that you know exists because if you tackle this, now you will have a better time with it in future. Patience is a massive virtue. When it comes to fitness and nutrition, I've been doing this for 10 years myself. I was very impatient the first few months, even the first few weeks. I expected an instant result. It's not the same as other things we action in our life. We can purchase something online and it's delivered to our door in a couple of days. Because of the way that society is conditioned, we are used to these really instantaneous gratification and fixes that we get quite quickly from things. Fitness and nutrition isn't the same. It is literally like transforming your personality and the way that you approach your life. It is difficult. It's going to be hard and you have to prepare yourself for that. But getting fixated on the minor details that are probably not that important in the small run and in the, long, in the short term is not going to get you to that long-term goal. By the same point, you need to figure out your strengths so that you can look at the things that you're really good at and celebrate those. Obviously, with most people, they're either going to be very much in an, I suppose, like natural way gravitating towards their training and they might be really excited for their training sessions. I usually find people are one or the other. You know, they either love their training and they're really looking forward to it or their nutrition comes really easily to them. Very rarely will I ever meet a client that has both completely down pat and they can get their head down, bum up and focus on both at the same time. Usually there is going to be a strength and a weakness in either one of those areas and even in, in the mentality side of things as well because that's the third part of the triangle that we never really talk about which is your headspace and your mentality, your training and your nutrition. So we've got to figure out what our strengths are as well. We've obviously written down our weaknesses. What are we good at? What can we celebrate? How can we give ourselves that positive affirmation and encouragement and know that that's going to make us feel good along the journey. We want to get those little hits because that's going to encourage us to keep going. So, and when we achieve things in the weaknesses column where we're getting better at that, we want to try and celebrate that as well. That's where having that support network can be really handy. It means that you can basically talk to the people who support you and voice a lot of your accomplishments with them. And if they're the right people in your life, they'll be excited for them too. So along the lines of strengths and weaknesses, the reason why we want to address weaknesses is because we want to know what you can change, which will result in change for your results. If you've found that you've been frustrated or you've plateaued in the past or you've gotten lost or you've gotten stuck or you know that you've been holding yourself back continuously in the back of your mind with very similar things over and over again, you might need to write these weaknesses down so that they can eventually become your strengths. And that is usually part of the end goal as well. It's not just bettering yourself physically and mentally, but also improving your adherence to what you're wanting to do long-term so that this can become a lifestyle for you. 
There is no point in treating your training and your nutrition like it is an eight-week challenge or it is a temporary thing. If you are going to do an eight to 12-week block with a coach or with anything in life, you're wanting to treat that as if it is a taster of what you think you can keep doing so that you don't end up having to keep going back and forth in between these challenges and then back to what your normal everyday life is. It is important that you can make these these changes that you're making as a permanent change. And that's not going to be easy. As I mentioned, habitual changes are so difficult. Habit changing can take anywhere from eight days to up to over 350 days to establish a new habit or to break an old one. Depending on your goal, look at whether or not you might need to increase your NEAT, N-E-A-T. That's non-exercise activity thermogenesis. Now, that's a whole lot of fancy words for you might be sitting all day. And if you sit all day, which a lot of people do, you may need to move a little bit more outside of your training. So if you find that you're sitting in an office all day, you may need to go for a longer walk outside of your normal training. You may need to figure out how you can do some of the stuff that you're doing sitting, standing up. And in reverse, or walking around, and in reverse, if you're trying to gain muscle or if you're trying to gain weight a lot of people do have this goal if you are in a very active job and an active role you may want to look at okay i might need to increase my food or decrease my neat non-exercise activity thermogenesis that's basically where your heart rate isn't super high through the roof but some people are incredibly active they're on their feet all day and if you're going to undergo particular specific goals you want to look at your neat as well so you need to talk to either a coach or even address that with yourself because i do see a lot of people undergo a new health and fitness journey they may be doing a new training program and following a new diet and or some changes that they're making to their training and their diet and they're not looking at their daily activity outside of their purposeful exercise don't be afraid to reach out for help if you need it If you find that you are stuck at any given point in time with anything in life, do you think that you did well when you were silent and when you didn't share your concerns? Or do you think you did better when you reached out for help? What do we do when we're having trouble with our internet connection? We call up our provider. What do we do when we're having trouble with our health? We go to the doctors. It is so key for you to understand. It's okay to reach out. It's okay to ask questions. If you are being reprimanded for asking questions and if people are saying to you that they don't have a time to answer them, go and find someone else to talk to about it. There are lots of experts out there and people who are willing to help you. It does absolutely nothing for you to sit in silence and you are not too proud to go and ask for help. I wish I had asked for help a long time ago because it fast tracks your capabilities within your own journey to achieve what you're wanting to achieve. Be willing to learn new things and listen to professionals. Stop having arguments with people who are qualified, especially if they are qualified and respected in the industry. It's not a pride thing and it's certainly not an ego thing. People who are employed to help you or that you employed to help you have a specific purpose for what they're doing with you and the protocol they give you. If you've seen something on TikTok or you've seen something on social media and it hasn't come from someone that you know is a credible source, Maybe don't go to your coach or your mentor or whoever it is in your life that you're getting this advice from and question them. Sometimes it's good to get a second opinion by all means, but look at someone who was 
equally as qualified or maybe has a higher level of qualification to compare those types of facts with. There is lots of new science and studies coming up all the time, constantly. We're constantly learning new things about the human body. But calling out your coach and arguing with them about protocol isn't going to help you get to the goal either. So understand that your coach, you should have that really trusting relationship if you have a coach or if you are going to seek out help. Make sure that you don't have an argument with the professional or get a second opinion. If you really are concerned, it's totally okay. So as I mentioned at the start, don't feel like you have to do what everybody else is doing. Big mistake I see is that people are trying to chase the same goals as the person they follow on social media. Sometimes that happens with me as well. People look at what I do and they want to do what I do or they want to be met like me. I want you to just sit down before you have a goal and say, look, I want to do this with myself. I want to achieve this with myself. I want you to sit down and think about this. Is it actually what I want? Is this something I want in my future? If it's not, and if it doesn't light your soul on fire, as they say, maybe think about what's going on in the back of your mind. Where would you like to see yourself in five years time with your health and fitness, even with your structure and your routine, even with your mindset and mentality and your headspace? It is a big, you know, a larger encompassed picture and you want to do what's right for you. So don't chase somebody else's goal ever. And don't try and aspire to be like anybody else except for you as the best version of what you're wanting to achieve. That doesn't have to look like a number. It doesn't have to look like a particular level of performance. It doesn't even have to look like a particular body type. But know what you want and then be willing to do what you need to do to get it. So kill the comparison game because you will never win at that. It's never going to be something that rewards you comparing yourself to other people in order to then drive you to be a better person yep it's fantastic to be inspired by other people but you don't know their journey you don't know where they've come from you don't know what they do daily and you don't know the history i call it that kind of tip of the iceberg theory you only see this little bit poking out of the ocean you don't see all the hard work that's gone on behind closed doors so do not compare where you are right now to where anybody else is in their journey at all ever And finally, the most important one I think that most coaches don't address until they get too far in with clients and even just in general if you're not undergoing coaching is if you make a mistake or if you fall down or you don't quite follow the plan or you miss a couple of sessions or you don't quite nail your nutrition in the beginning, you're struggling or you make mistakes you can't treat it like it's a failure. Imagine that you're running a marathon. If you fell over, would you sit there on the ground? Of course not. No one's really going to run a marathon, let's be honest. (laughs) Unless you're crazy, in which case, go ahead. But you wouldn't sit on the ground. You wouldn't just stay there. You'd get up, you dust yourself off, and you keep going. Imagine that every time that you make a mistake, that's a hurdle. It might be a setback, or you might get sick. It might be out of your control. Focus on what's in your control all the time. If something is out of your control, try and let go of it as quickly as you can so that you can move forward. If it's in your control, it doesn't mean you have to then self-sabotage. Check yourself. Know that when you make a mistake that you are a human being and it is completely okay to make mistakes and very normal. I still make mistakes on a daily basis. Even people who are very skilled at what they do make mistakes. Be okay with mistakes. They are a part of succeeding 
kind of look at it like it's one step closer to succeeding. You must make mistakes along the way. That is a part of the journey. So that's about it for my top tips for starting a fitness journey or if you're feeling a little bit lost along your journey. And obviously, if you need to reassess your goals at any given point in time along your journey, which you will do so, if you're feeling uncomfortable, if you feel like you need a change, think about whether or not it comes from a place of boredom and whether or not you're probably just not being very patient with the process or whether or not you absolutely do think, okay, do you know what? My goals have changed. I'd like to change direction with what I'm doing. But give it enough time. Listen to the people who are telling you how long it might take and then enjoy the ride. Thanks a lot, guys. Looking forward to doing another vlog for you soon.